to the CMS Pensions Lawcast on GMP equalisation and bulk annuity transactions. And I'm joined on this Lawcast by India Trussell from CMS and Celia Montero, who is a director in the pension risk transfer team at Legal and General. The issue of GMP equalisation is not a new one. It's been around for over 30 years now, but the Lloyd's judgments, which started in 2018, have really brought the issue to the top of trustees' agendas. And as more and more schemes are now preparing to approach the insurance market, understanding how your GMP equalisation project might interact with the buy-in has never been more important. So I want to start with a brief high-level overview of where we currently are with GMP equalisation, the ways that schemes are thinking about equalising their benefits and where they are in the process. The reason why we now grapple with guaranteed minimum pensions are pretty well known. As a result of pension schemes contracting out of the earnings related bit of the state pension in the past, there's now an obligation for schemes to provide a benefit in return for that, the guaranteed minimum pension or GMP. However, as the GMP that had to be provided by a scheme was based on the then UK state pension with its different state pension ages for men and women, the GMP itself was inherently unequal. Then in the early 1990s, the European Court of Justice decided that pensions were a form of pay from your employer. So sex equality requirements meant that pension benefits needed to be equal between men and women too. But the case law wasn't clear about how GMPs fitted into that, and the vast majority of schemes only equalised their benefits for the non-GMP elements of pension. Fast forward to 2018, and we get the landmark Lloyd's case, which confirmed that pension scheme benefits did need to be equalised for the effect of unequal GMP, and subsequent judgments have given us all further guidance on the many related issues. Now, one of the most important considerations for trustees and employers when considering a GMP equalisation exercise is which methodology to use. And India is now going to summarise the options that are available. Thanks, Pete. So to give a very brief overview of each of the different permissible methodologies discussed in the Lloyds case, method A takes each element of a member's pension and then separately equalises each element. This means that both male and female members ultimately end up with a more with more overall and it's therefore a more expensive method. With method B, each pension payment is equalised with the member receiving the better of the male or female comparator pensions each year. This is a more expensive year on year method than C1 or C2, which I'm about to explain. Method C1 is also a year on year method. However, here the gains and losses are subject to accumulated offsetting. This means that, for example, the male pension would be topped up during the early years of payment where the female pension would be higher, but this would be treated as an accumulated credit for the subsequent period where the male pension is higher. So the lower female calculation would apply until the accumulated gain is equal to the accumulated loss after the switch. Method C2 is the same as C1, but with interest allowed for when looking at the gains and at the losses. This is a method that trustees can use without employer agreement. Finally, method D2 looks at the actuarial value of each of the projected pensions for male and female members and equalises once by converting the higher amount into non-GMP scheme benefits. This is colloquially known as conversion. When the Lloyd's judgment first came out, we understand that 
most bulk annuity insurers initially indicated that they would prefer schemes to go down the conversion route rather than taking a dual records approach, mainly driven by administrative concerns. However, recently in the market, we've seen some movement around this, with a number of insurers having now noted that they will be able to administer a dual records approach. Celia, do you agree with this? Where would you say that when we are now when it comes to the choice of methodology? Thank you for that summary, India. It was really useful. I'm going to broadly categorise the methods into two groups. First of all, there is what we'd call dual records, which is B, C1 and C2. Secondly, conversion, which covers D1 and D2. We can accept both methods of GMP equalisation and very much see this as something that should be a trustee-led decision. Before making a decision, we would expect the trustees to take expert advice, so from their lawyers, from tax experts and from their actuaries, and we'd also expect them to bear in mind their fiduciary duties. One final thing we would ask trustees to consider when making their decision is the administration of their chosen method. Um, in this regard, a, a simple method might be more attractive. It will be easier for insurers to price, and it will also be simpler to explain to members. If you're considering coming to market in the near future, we're currently able to administer conversion as standard, and we're building our in-house dual records capabilities and expect this to be ready in 2022. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that, Pete? Thanks, Celia. I think one of the interesting questions for trustees and perhaps something they're thinking about at the moment is whether it's better to, better to carry out your GMP equalisation exercise before you approach the insurance market, or is it something better left for a discussion with your chosen insurer? Celia, what's your view on that and what are you seeing happen in practice? Yeah, thanks for that, Pete. As you mentioned, the, the industry is still still working through the full implications of, of the lawyer's judgment, and we have seen different approaches um, with schemes coming to market. Generally, at the moment, schemes are choosing to do GMP equalisation during what we call the data cleanse period. So this is the period of around a year after the contract has been signed. However, obviously, as time goes on, I would expect more and more schemes to be considering this and actually implementing it before coming to market. Currently, as I mentioned, we can administer both conversion and dual records with our automated in-house dual record solution being expected in 2022. One other thing to note about when to do GMP equalisation is that you don't need to do it before approaching the market for a buy-in at the moment, but it would need to be fully completed before we were able to take a scheme to buy out. Buy out is when the insurer issues individual policies to members. India, did you want to add anything to that? Nothing to add specifically to that, but I thought that was um, really helpful. I'm going to go on to talk a bit about residual risk cover. Um, so some bulk annuity deals also include an additional element known as residual risk cover. And to give a very brief explanation, this is an additional element of cover which goes further than a standard buy-in, which only ensures the benefits as set out in the benefit specification. Residual risk cover can provide insurance for a number of additional risks that face schemes, including the risk that unknown beneficiaries have been left out of the data, 
or the risk that the benefit specification contains errors. One element of this cover can be what is known as GMP equalisation methodology risk cover. Essentially, this would cover the risk that the law around GMP equalisation and the acceptable methodology for equalising benefit changes in the future after the cover incepts and any resulting liabilities for the scheme. Before the Lloyd's judgment, trustees were routinely asking for this cover as there was a lot of uncertainty around how schemes were going to equalise. And so it was reasonably common for trustees to ask insurers to provide cover for the choice of methodology that would be used pre-buyout. Now that we have the Lloyd's judgment, which has given us a very clear set of methodologies to use, this risk is of course different from before when we had the judgment and the clear guidance. However, there's still an element of residual risk cover that we see occasionally in bulk annuity deals. And some trustees may still ask the insurer for this cover, although we do see less demand. Celia, what's your perspective on this type of cover? Thanks, India. That, that's a great question. Legal in general, do you offer residual risk cover? Covering many of the risks that you mentioned right at the beginning. However, as this lawcast is focusing on GMP equalisation, I'm just going to discuss our GMP equalisation methodology risk cover in a bit more detail. Although I'd be happy to discuss any residual risk case with, with trustees. So for the GMP equalisation methodology risk cover, we would expect whichever method the trustees have chosen to comply with all the Lloyd's rulings and any advice that they have received. However, we are able to offer risk cover for any future legislative changes or court decisions that mean that that methodology would have to be changed. The trustees should bear in mind that before we can offer a price for this, we would need to do some due diligence um, with them and their advisors. And that, no, I'll hand back to Pete for any closing remarks. Thanks, Celia. Um, in, a, in a sense, we've only really scratched the surface of what is obviously a very significant and um, potentially quite complex issue. But I hope that's given you a sense of a high level overview of where we are in the market at the moment and what um, insurers and legal in general in this case in, um, in particular are, are able to offer. I mean, GMP equalisation is clearly, as you've heard, still a developing area. But, but I think, uh, as Celia and India have, have, have already alluded to, insurers are going to increasingly expect schemes to have thought about the issue and how they might address it. And our experience is there's lots of willingness amongst insurers to support trustees with the process and help them find solutions. And I think from a trustee perspective, showing that you've thought about the issue, have taken advice on it and have a plan to deal with it is going to put you in a much better place when the time comes to approach the buying market. So thank you for joining us for this lawcast. We hope that you found it interesting and useful. And if you do have any questions, please do send them to us by email. And we hope that you'll join us again for the next in the series, which will be broadcast soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>